0: With Michelle Martin on your money only on Money FM eighty nine point three. Lot of anxiety out there. A lot of people messaging me, writing to me, and sharing some common situations, scenarios, and feelings surrounding COVID nineteen and the fact that we're all sheltering at home. So today I thought I'd put some of those common questions to Professor Kwa E. Hyok, senior consultant at the National University Hospital Department of Psychological Medicine, who joins us live this morning. How are you, Professor Kwa?
1: Well, uh, Michelle, we are working very hard in the hospital, inundated you know, with uh, lots of uh, queries. So it's not just uh, from uh, listeners, you, from the last broadcast, but also even from healthcare providers. You know, mm. Healthcare workers who are now very stretched, you know, and sometimes we will do e-counseling, telephone counselling for our own doctors, who are very, very stretched. You know. Goodness. So, uh, yes. And, um, but it seems that from the last uh, broadcast two weeks ago, mm-hmm. it has gone up to many uh, places and some queries come from uh, KL and even a friend from Melbourne wrote in, you know. And we he, he try to compare what's happening, these are doctors themselves. They say that even in, in Melbourne and in KL, uh, insomnia is a very common problem at this time
0: All right. We we are definitely going to touch on insomnia in just a bit, but I want to start with an overall question for you, Professor, which is, you know, all this sheltering at home, we know that it is important uh, and it's protecting our health, but we're social creatures. So can a lack of social activity impact our physical and our mental well-being?
1: Certainly. I think... um Part of the the issue on on insomnia is you got that on physical activity, and I always suggest some exercise is very important. You know, Um, but -hmm. also if you sit in front of the television and do nothing the whole day, it also affects your your mental health. And and uh, I think the other activities some some people I mentioned the last time about gardening. uh, A retired uh, school principal Shirley G does gardening, and if you find it very helpful. Even, even the mention of cooking by Eileen uh, uh, Bygrave, that cooking itself is helpful. <laughs> now, also, s- social distancing does mean that we have emotional distancing, you know, mm. that you, you forget about people, you know. Uh, mm. and, and so even it's good to, to ring up a friend, you know, that he lives alone, or a widow or widower by himself. It's good to give him a ring. And I've, I mentioned last, uh, fortnight ago, about a group of seniors go to the... Uh, the botanic gardens but now they can't go together they form a a, a zoom meeting you know
0: mm. on a,
1: on a saturday and discuss things of relevance about health issues um, something about activities something that's helpful To all of them so this kind of thing is very very important yeah, and and you find that it helps your mental health yeah.
0: Right, so find a way to make that social connection. It doesn't matter whether it's a Zoom group or it's just one person that you're um, sort of in touch with. All right, that's great. Let's talk then about the insomnia that you seem to be hearing cases about all over the world. People finding they have difficulty sleeping and they can't pinpoint why. What advice do you have for them?
1: So as I've said, it's it's, it's global now. Um, I've got a number of emails from my other colleagues from... China, Japan, and also America. That, as I mentioned, that is not just a pandemic of the COVID nineteen, but also a pandemic of fear. And one of the sim- insomnia is often a symptom of uh, underlying anxiety, underlying depression. Mm. And um, but let me emphasize that when the pandemic ends, maybe in a couple of months' time, the mental health problem continues. You know, for many people who have lost uh, a loved ones or healthcare providers who have witnessed death, you know, they have post-traumatic stress disorder. So they all have this kind of sleep problem. And there are four types of sleep difficulties. Mm. Firstly, it is difficulty in falling asleep. You know, you know. I'm seeing quite a number of students in university, they're having exams next week. You know. mm-hmm. So this anxiety in falling asleep. And sometimes you have, you can sleep, but you wake up frequently, you know, the frequent awakening. You know. the That's me. Just you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the third is when they can sleep, but they wake up in the small hours of the morning, and they cannot fall asleep. But early morning awakening is one of the signs of depression. Oh, depression sets in, and the fourth type is they, have, they sleep, but they have frequent nightmares. That's the sleep pattern of people with post-traumatic stress disorder.
0: So interesting, Professor. I think most of us fall into one of these categories because, like you, I've been hearing a lot of people talking about sleep disturbances. So what what can people do, whether they fall into a category one or four?
1: Okay. So it's, there, are, there are three groups of people I, I encounter. The first are the our patients in the before the pandemic we have history of anxiety and depression you know? mm. so we have got a number of phone calls from them, email I think for some of them we even had to increase their medication for depression you know? but also I emphasize to them that the treatment of, of insomnia is not just giving a drug to you a sleeping pill there are also other non-drug approach, approaches you know? and for this group of people we also continue our telephone counseling our e-counseling and then there's another group of people who are our seniors. The elderly people with a past history of stroke, um, diabetes, hypertension, or even chronic lung infection, now they are more prone to insomnia because having a stroke itself, 25% of stroke patients have anxiety, depression, and insomnia. Now, added with this pandemic itself, it caused them to have lots of problems. And, and we have to be very careful about giving medication to elderly people because they are susceptible to, to drowsiness and to falls. And then you have another problem, they have a fracture. You know. Right. So we are very, very careful. So we try to emphasize on the non-drug approach. And then the third group of people are people like, as you said yourself, Michelle, uh, the general population. Mm-hmm. People they are a bit anxious now. You know. Now, the, remember two weeks ago when we uh, spoke to you, you mm-hmm. mentioned there are 66 cases. This morning is 1,426. Yes, that my is, goodness. That is, that's, that's right. That's frightening to many people. You know. So, what, what can be done then? At, um, and I want to emphasize a few things. Firstly, is the information. The first thing is information. We sometimes get wrong information, fake news that cause more anxiety. You know. And also, this information is that it's, it's futile to sit in front of a television and be Inundated with all this bad news, hmm. and I try to listen in the morning, mm-hmm. and then one in the evening at six o'clock. That's enough, you know. You
0: know? So yeah. ration your information, because that's you're right, right yes. Professor. I have people who have been telling me that they feel a sense of anxiety when they see the number of cases tick that's up, right. COVID cases go up, or they feel, you know, people are coming forward to ask for assistance for things like necessities and food, and so people are feeling a loss of hope, not just. Um, right. Sadness or anxiety. So you say ration the amount of news that's that you right. expose yourself that's to. Right. That's a great and one. If
1: you listen to the, the, any the news on uh, the uh, on money program, don't forget the reason listen to 89.3, Michelle's program. So that's very important. That's <laughs> yes, maybe secondary. So the news, <laughs> very, the information. The second part is, that, as you mentioned earlier on, physical exercise. Sometimes... It, They'll say that, well, I cannot get out to the, to, the, to the parks now. What can I do? You can do a lot of exercise at home.
0: Yes, like jump rope, you know? That's right. People don't That's realize right. you don't always have to leave the house to jog. Exactly. You can stay at home and jump rope is very, very aerobic. Yes. People are also finding that their days are blurring, Professor, into one long day. You know, there's a sense of unease. And I think for people who are working from home, there's difficulty differentiating between the weekend and the weekday because... They're starting right. to, to work so much from home, their personal space. So what, what, what advice do you have there?
1: Because for many years now, we've been conditioned to know that, well, Monday we're doing this, Tuesday at 9.15, we must listen to Michelle, and, and then Wednesday we move on, Thursday, then Friday evening we're having a break, you know. Yeah. Saturday, the weekend. This has been conditioned in our system for the last 50, if depending on the age, you know. So now this thing has been disrupted now. You're staying at home, you know. Well, various people call it cabin fever. fever you know. People become irritable and their whole system is affected. So I think it's important to, to maintain certain structures still, you know. Mm. So I get up in the morning, I do the exercise. I maybe do a half an hour, that they might look at a pot of plants, you know, I help out the family, listen to the news, then I do something else, you know. Mm. So it's a structure in your life, or else you find that you are drifting down, you get weary, you get lethargic, you get fed up, you know, irritable, and then that's and it's disaster. You know? So I think having a structure is very, very important. And once again, get back to our was, the sleep problem again. Mm. I think diet is very important also, you know. Uh, make sure you don't have too much of caffeine. You know? Yes. I, I saw a student who couldn't who was studying for the exam and drinking so much of coffee and complained of insomnia. Yeah. And the treatment of insomnia also is not to take more alcohol. It's, it's a disaster. The, the alcohol itself, the drink itself can disrupt the sleep pattern and you don't have a restful sleep. So one want to be careful you know, in moderation. In duration. Um, and I tell people also who have sleep problems, don't carry your handphone or your laptop to your bedroom. Put it in your sitting room or your study room. The bedroom is for you to sleep and not to, uh, to answer hand, uh, uh, phone calls or to do your homework or do your your work, you know, your, your business and all that. It's so that you condition your mind that I'm going to sleep. You know, all right? Mm.
0: Right. Do you think you know sleep is such an important part of recovery, even as we go through this uncertain phase, that we need to pay attention to sure. our quality of sleep right now?
1: Yeah. It is very important because if you have a good sleep, the next morning you wake up, you are... More uh, refresh. You tell yourself, your concentration is better, and you think more clearly." You know, and and lots of studies on sleep will tell you this is the way to restore. You know, some of the uh, the, your working life, the stressors and all that taken away when you're you're lying in bed is the brain can rest, and tomorrow you're fresh again. Is it is
0: there such a thing as too much sleep, though, Professor? People finding themselves on the couch and taking long naps.
1: Right. I think uh, well. I think this 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 at this time you are know, supposed to stay home. People tend to drift in that kind of state. You know? But once again, I was having a structure, uh, lying in the bed all the time and napping in the daytime, but not sleeping at night, is also causing a lot of problems. Right?
0: Know? Yeah, it affects yeah. your. Yeah. So you got to keep to your timetable.
1: Right. And then for people who, work, who cannot sleep, sometimes they, they, they come to see me, they ask for a, a relaxation tape that they can listen to,
0: ah, to help them
1: to sleep. So we have a, a tape that if they want to, they can go to the website of the, um, the Mind Science Center or anywhere. Else, and it's free. You can use it. You, know, you can use the, the tape to help you out.
0: What a wonderful yeah. resource. Thank you so much for that. It's great. It's free as well. You have any final tips, Professor Kwan, that you want to share with our listeners at this point on 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 mental health?
1: I, th- I think um, the last time I also mentioned about mindfulness, and and someone said, "Oh, it's so difficult." You know, he he went to a course. He must do for an hour. No, we can do it for five minutes or ten minutes. And uh, so, by the way, uh, some doctors told me, "Where is the evidence?" You know, to show that mindfulness helps. You know. So we have just published a research, uh, the first study in the world, you know, wow. and uh, it's 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 you know once again I put it in the website. It's done by two people, Dr Johnson Fam and, and Prof Mahindran. and it's a study of elderly people in Jurong. They scan the brain before and after, and also check the mental health of these people. It's available. They my it in the in the, uh, the website. And uh, people all rushing to look at it. And it's a marvellous study from Singapore. And
0: That's incredible. Says, it's the first exactly. in the world. And, and what does right. it say about mental... What does it say about mindfulness and mental health? That's I mean, right. it shows that the short summary.
1: Reduce anxiety, reduce depression, help the sleep of these people, and also help the concentration. So um, mindfulness is not in, in use to help you to sleep. It, it helps to clear up the mind, because before you go to bed, a lot of things in your mind are like yes. crowding in, you worry about this. And this itself causes a surge of adrenaline in the brain that keeps you awake, you know, and so mindfulness able to focus and reduce the the adrenaline and causes surge a different chemical in the brain called serotonin that calms your brain down. Later on, you can fall to sleep easily. So this is a very good good way that we can try. There are a few other techniques. I'm not too sure. Do we have time to cover? A
0: I think techniques? we have about thirty seconds, Professor. Go ahead.
1: 30 seconds. Another method is the uh, visual imagery that you can think of a, a place you've been for a holiday that you feel very happy about. It, it's in a way to distract your mind because you're worry about all the deaths and all the, your families and all that. But you think about a place in the past you've been to for a visit. And it, it once again, it helps you to, to, to calm down, helps you to sleep. I know an American patient who told me that he... Uh, he remembered the time we he was and he went camping along the Grand Canyon. And, and by this walk, in his mind, he, and he was lying in bed to think about walking down the Grand Canyon and a, at the bottom of the Grand Canyon at the Colorado River. You know, and he told me that halfway through, it's a pleasurable walk. He still remembered his youth and he fell asleep. So this is called visual imageries that you can try. It, you know. So these are things that we can do. There's another technique with, with is r- music reminiscence think of a, a music that you enjoy listening to. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so um, two weeks ago, there's a, a young pianist in Singapore called Azariah. He was playing a piece of the of the, the Chopin. And I remember the piece. When I was I think about that piece again, it reminded me of my younger days in Malaysia, in Batu Pahat, when I bought a piece, I uh, bought a record, wow. Chopin record, mm-hmm. and I played it with my, with, with my parents listening to it. It reminds me of the youth so it helps you to calm you down, help you to rest well. So this is music and reminiscence and a technique. We also mentioned later on, earlier on about activities and, and social activities. Those are good techniques that we can think about to
0: help people. You are a treasure trove of positive techniques and tips. Thank you so much for joining us. Professor Kwa E. Hyok is Senior Consultant at NUS's Department of Psychological Medicine and you can read more of his work as well. He is also author for a great book. He's an advocate for doing away with the Stigma Associated with Mental Illness. The title of this book is Speaking Up for Mental Illness. Have a wonderful day, Professor. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.